Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan, Chapter 10, Piper. The whole campfire idea freaked Piper out. It made her think of that huge purple bonfire in her dreams and her father tied to a stake. What she got instead was almost as terrifying, a sing-along. The amphitheater steps were carved into the side of a hill, facing a stone-lined fire pit. Fifty or sixty kids filled the rows, clustered into groups under various banners. Piper spotted Jason in the front next to Annabeth. Leo was nearby, sitting with a bunch of burly-looking campers under a steel-gray banner emblazoned with a hammer. Standing in the front of the fire, half a dozen campers with guitars and strange old-fashioned harps. Liars? were jumping around leading a song about pieces of armor, something about how their grandma got dressed for war. Everybody was singing with them, making gestures for the pieces of armor, and joking around. It was quite possibly the weirdest thing Piper had seen, ever. One of those campfire sing-alongs that would have been completely embarrassing in daylight, but in the dark with everybody participating, it was kind of corny and fun. As the energy level got higher, the flames did too, turning from red to orange to gold. Finally, the song ended with a lot of rowdy applause. A guy on a horse trotted up. At least in the flickering light, Piper thought it was a guy on a horse. Then she realized it was a centaur. His bottom half, a white stallion. His top half, a middle-aged guy with curly hair and trimmed beard. He brandished... Brandished... A spear impaled with toasted marshmallows. Very nice, and a special welcome to our new arrivals. I am Chiron, Camp Activities Director, and I am happy to have all you have all arrived here alive and with most of your limbs attached. In a moment, I promise we'll get to the s'mores, but first, what about capture the flag? Somebody yelled. Grumbling broke out among some kids in armor, sitting under a red banner with the emblem of a boar's head. Yes, the centaur said. I know the Ares cabin is anxious to return to the woods for our regular games. And kill people, one of them shouted. However, Chiron said, until the dragon dragon is brought under control, that won't be possible. Cabin 9, any report on that? He turned to Leo's group. Leo winked at Piper and shot her with a finger gun. The girl next to him stood uncomfortably. She wore an army jacket, a lot like Leo's, with her hair covered in a red bandana. We're working on it, more grumbly. How, Nyssa? an Ares kid demanded. Really hard, the girl said. Nyssa sat down and a lot of yelling and complaining, which caused the fire to sputter chaotically. Chiron stamped his hoof against the fire pit stones. Bang, 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 and the campers fell silent. We will have to be patient, Chiron said. In the meantime, we have more pressing matters to discuss. Percy? Someone asked. The fire dimmed even further, but Piper didn't need the mood flames to sense the crowd's anxiety. Chiron gestured to Annabeth. She took a deep breath and stood. I didn't find Percy, she announced. Her voice caught caught a little when she said his name. He wasn't at the Grand Canyon like I thought, but we're not giving up. We've got teams everywhere. Grover, Tyson, Nico, the Hunters of Artemis, everybody's out looking. We will find him. Chiron's talking about something different. A new quest. It's the great prophecy, isn't it? A girl called out. Everyone turned. 
The voice had come from a group in the back, sitting under a rose-colored banner with a dove emblem. They'd been chatting among themselves, not paying much attention until their leader stood up. Drew. Everyone else looked surprised. Apparently, Drew didn't address address the crowd very often. Drew? Annabeth said. What do you mean? Well, come on. Drew spread her hands like the truth was obvious. Olympus is closed. Percy disappeared. Hera sends you vision, and you come back with three new demigods in one day. I mean, something weird is going on. The great prophecy has started, right? Piper whispered to Rachel. What's she talking about? The great prophecy? Then she realized everyone else was looking at Rachel, too. Well, Drew called. You're the oracle. Has it started or not? Rachel's eyes looked scary in the firelight. Piper was afraid she might she might clench up and start channeling a freaky peacock goddess again, but she stepped fo- forward calmly and addressed the camp. Yes, she said. The great prophecy has begun. Pandemonium broke out. Piper caught Jason's eye. He mouthed, You all right? She nodded and managed to smile, but then looked away. It's too painful seeing him and not being with him. When the talking finally subsided, Rachel took another step towards the audience, and fifty-plus demigods leaned away from her, as if one skinny red-headed mortal was more intimidating than all of them put together. For those of you who have not heard it, Rachel said, the great prophecy was my first prediction. It arrived in August. It goes like this. Seven half-bloods shall answer the call. To storm or world, to storm or fire, the world must fall. Jason shot to his feet. His eyes looked wild, like he'd just been tasered. Even Rachel seemed caught off guard. J- Jason, she said, "What's it comes spirit to postrema sacramentum de Jerumus?" He chanted, "Et hostes oramaneta danta adiun." I I don't speak Latin. An uneasily, uneasy silence settled in the group. Piper could see from their faces that several of them were trying to translate the lines. She could tell it was Latin, but she wasn't sure why her hopefully future boyfriend was suddenly chanting like a Catholic priest. You just finished the prophecy, Rachel stammered, an oath to keep with a final breath and and foe's bare arms to the doors of death. How did you... I know those lines. Jason winced and put his hands to his temples. I don't know, but I know the prophecy. In Latin, no less, Drew called out. Handsome and smart. There was some giggling from the Aphrodite cabin. God, what a bunch of losers, Piper thought. But it didn't do much to break the tension. The campfire was burning a chaotic, nervous shade of green. Jason sat down, looking embarrassed, but Piper... But Annabeth put a hand on his shoulder and muttered something reassuring. Piper felt a pang of jealousy. It should have been her next to him, comforting him. Rachel Dare still looked a little shaken. She glanced back at Chiron for guidance, but the centaur stood grim and silent, as if he were watching a play he couldn't interrupt, a tragedy that ended with a lot of people dead on stage. Well, Rachel said, trying to regain her posture and composure. So, yeah, that's the great prophecy. We hoped it might not happen for years, but I fear it's starting now. I can give you proof. I can't give you proof. It's just a feeling. And, like Drew said, some weird stuff is happening. The seven, de- the seven demigods, whoever they are, have not been gathered yet. I get the feeling some are here tonight, some are not. The campers began to stir and mutter, looking at each other nervously until a drowsy voice in the crowd called, I'm here! Oh, 
calling roll? Go back to sleep, Clovis, someone yelled, and a lot of people laughed. Anyway, Rachel continued, we don't know the great what the great prophecy means. We don't know what challenge the demigods will face. But since the first great prophecy predicted the Titan War, we can guess the second great prophecy will predict something at least that bad. Or worse, Chiron murmured. Maybe he didn't mean for everyone to overhear, but they did. The campfire immediately turned purple, the same color as Piper's dream. What, what we do know, Rachel said, that the first phase has begun. A major problem has arisen, and we need a quest to solve it. Hera, the queen of the gods, has been taken. Shooked silence. Shocked silence. Then fifty demigods started talking at once. Chiron pounded his hooves again, but Rachel still had to wait before she could get back their attention. She told them about the incident on the Grand Canyon Skywalk, how Gleason Hedge had sacrificed himself when the storm spirits attacked, and the spirits had warned it was only the beginning. They apparently served some great mistress who would destroy all demigods. Then Rachel told them about Piper's passing out in Hera's cabin. Piper tried to calm keep a calm expression, even when she noticed Drew in the back row, pensuming a faint, and her friends giggling. Finally, Rachel told them about Jason's vision in the living room of the big house. The message Hera had delivered there was so similar that Piper got a chill. The only difference, Hera had warned Piper not to betray her. Bow to his will, and their king shall rise, dooming us all. Hera knew about the giant's threat. But if that were true... Why hadn't she warned Jason and exposed Piper as an enemy agent? Jason, Rachel said. Um, do you remember your last name? He looked self-conscious, but he shook his head. We'll just call you Jason, then, Rachel said. It's clear. Hera has issued you a quest. Rachel paused, as if giving Jason a chance to protest his destiny. Everyone's eyes were on him. There was so much pressure, Piper thought she would have buckled in this position position yet he looked brave and determined he said his jaw and nodded i agree and that was as far as i'm going to read in today for today uh yeah i'm sorry for the late upload i was sick so i couldn't record anything or it would have sounded very very bad and i would have had to just redo it anyway so um Thank you all for listening to this episode, and uh, see you next time. Isaac, out.